we make it funny. King and D, there's just always bloody something. King and D, just two housemates with a dream. King and D, if you don't like us, you're dead to me. Dead to me, dead to me. If you don't like us, you're dead to me. Dead to me, dead to me. If you don't like us, you're dead to me. Welcome to Key and D the podcast. Hey D. Hey Key, how you doing? How are you? I'm excited because we're back. We're back for season two. This is so exciting. Episode one, far out. out. Oh my god, what a banger! What a great, what an icon. We've what a just legend. we've just finished recording, and I literally have a euphoric kind of like I've just gone for like a run. I just I know how happy I feel. I just such a girl crush on her. She's such an amazing, cool human being. I just really, really loved interviewing her. She just I could just I wanted a glass of wine with her. Honestly, I was like, can you give me a 10-step plan to get to where you are? How do we become you? I know. I'm like envious of who she is. Yeah, yeah. she's amazing. And she was super open and fun. Yeah, and great. And we finally got her on the pod. What a banger to start the season off, oh babe. Oh, God. Should we let the people remember? Let's go. She's a real cat lady. She's got a perfect fringe. She's all about some vintage fashion. She's got a funny Irish husband. So dowd. You should buy a book for your bookshelf. And, and always choose love for yourself. Oh and if you see her at a festival, you can bet your ass she'll be dancing until. In the kimono, break the dawn. That is the honour of a lifetime to have an original sung by you two. Thank you. Oh, you're so, have you ever had a song written about your door? I don't think I have. I feel like you would have said some some like guy, some indie boy, maybe would have written a song about you like with a guitar. Yeah, I was never cool enough to date anyone in a band. Well, there would have been like a period, like because we've been watching a lot of your old videos. Today. Yeah, yeah. And I thought there would have been a, like maybe around two thousand and five, like a Camden Definitely. boy. They'd be like, Don oh my Don. <laughs> there's still time. There's still time. There is still time. Well, mm. until then, we'll. We were, that was the we are, funnest well, we're one very to me. Thankful that we have written a song about you when the OG, then the OG, Dora oh, Carter so song. Dora, thank you so much because we have been hounding you. We yeah. have been at you for years. For you, yeah, really. I'm so, but yeah. Can I just say the only reason I was saying no for so long is only because I wanted it to be the right time. <laughs> it was it always a when, not a no? I'm so happy. No, we know that you've been so busy. Yeah. I mean, also you're all the way in LA. Yep. Thank you're in LA. you. But what time is it there now? Like ten? It's ten o three a.m. How's yeah. your morning been so far? What have you been doing? I am the mother of two children, so by yes. ten o'clock School in the run. morning, like the list of things that you've already done is extraordinary. I've you know it's dressed mad. people, fed people driven yeah. driven people done all of these things but now I'm up yeah. in my office which is the spare room with my new puppy Puffin by my side oh, I'll show you. she's having a little snoozy so I'll show you Terry in a bit she's so oh cute. my goodness because these are some fresh pups fresh pups this is, yeah this is a new thing how many animals do you have in your house you have a lot of animals two kids 
definitely categorized <laughs> as animals. Um, two dogs that we got a month ago. We rescued two dogs a month ago and two cats that we rescued a couple of years ago. So it's full house. I love it. Menagerie. That is a zoo. Yeah. That's my dream. I kind of just want like a pig yeah. and a chicken oh and a turkey just wandering around. Yeah. I saw this thing of like a buffalo <laughs> like that it like thinks it's a dog and it's in America and it's at a farm and the buffalo just always like runs out with the dog and like I'm like I need that buffalo. I love that. Only in America. It would just, that's oh one God, of those yeah. pets though that you would get a buffalo thinking it's going to be like that buffalo and it wouldn't be yeah, <laughs> absolutely just, not it would just be a fucking buff. my <laughs> buffalo would just come in and like crap all over my carpet and like eat my sofa and I'd be like take it as a eat buffalo eat your lawn and stay still most I'd just of put the it time. in Victoria Park and be like <laughs> that's my buffalo just as long as you've got your phone <laughs> number around it next so people know, know how to call but I've got I've got um I really want more dogs and more cats and I got this fantasy about a a big dog I really want a wolfhound oh divine now we've got two dogs we used to only have one one of them's tiny so her shits are very inoffensive the bigger ones Mm, like you know it's quite it's quite an amount and the confronting shit confronting shit and so I just keep as much as I want a wolfhound can I deal with basically a loaf of bread worth of shit twice a day I just don't know I often think about this walking the streets of London I want to play a game one day is that a human shit Shit. or a dog shit because sometimes you walk past one and you think that's suspicious that looks that's suspicious I think it's more often than not a human shit I I think more than we think yeah definitely especially in LA the amount of human shit in LA yeah there's a lot of human shit a lot around where I am there's some very responsible dog owners who pick up so you know that when you see one especially if it's on like a doorstep no dog shit. Oh, yeah. human shit. Do. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, at my old house in Clapton, we knew it was time to move out when our downstairs neighbor had someone shit on their doorstep. Wow. Yeah, it's not good. It was time to leave the neighborhood up. Yeah, you know it's not good. You, you know, don't want to walk out, out and see that. Anyway, we, we digress. Shit. <laughs> Maybe we covered that. <laughs> We are just so happy to have you. And yeah. like, honestly, we knew you were our kind of gal anyway. Like, yeah. you love the Dickinoss and Mickinoss. Yes, the Dickinoss. Yeah. And then we were like, okay, obviously you used to do like presenting back in the day. And I was like, why do I have this like vision of Dawn? Like, in a bra and knickers Ooh. on the telly. Yeah, naked. And then we were like, oh my, oh God, my God, it was the super slim me. Yeah. yeah. Totally got in a hole and watched that. Yeah, watched that. Which we have so had many questions things. about. So many questions. But then, mm. then what did we find, Key? Oh my God, we got into such a hole, oh Dawn. We are obsessed with the Manchester. Oh, the Manchester. Oh, the Manchester. This is one of the most iconic moments ever. Balls of steel. I could not get over how brilliant it was. So that was my first ever job in TV. And was it? Yeah, I got it because I was working at Princess Productions in the office, like booking audiences for the Ruby Wax show and just doing other kind of production jobs. And then yeah. about eight months after I'd left there, one of the producers just called me totally out of the blue and said, I'm producing this new show called Balls of Steel and we need someone really ballsy to do this thing. I think you'd be <laughs> perfect for it. And I was like, Enter Dawn. Wow, okay. So I would sit in a bar rigged with secret cameras and so good. I would call I kind of dress slightly seductively and then I would call men over and do a prank on them and the big one was which is totally on PC and would not be allowed yeah, now we know what you saw yeah. about we would did not see it coming let's just establish the fact that it was a different time different totally totally different time a lot of the things that we did back then no one had a problem with because we didn't have the awareness that we have now and now that we of do that, can oh I just God. say that's the majority of my career until I was 30 <laughs> yeah. Highly, yeah, 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 yeah highly offensive and inappropriate in the modern absolutely. day absolutely so on PC but, absolutely. you know whatever 
remember. It was the mid two. It was the mid two thousands. Well, like, yeah, really early. Early. Oh, the prank that really, really. Um, so I called this guy over and I was like. Uh, do you want to come back to mine? Just like spend the afternoon with me. And he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, great. And I'm like, brilliant. And um, so as we're kind of talking, and obviously it's like a three-minute clip, but I've got him talking to me for about an hour, kind of (gasps) juicing him up. And then I'm like, right, I'm so nervous because I know what my prank is going to be. (laughs) And so then I say, I'm just going to pop to the toilet. And as I get up and walk away, I don't know how to say this correctly. I I walk away with let's say very wonky legs. Wonky legs. Yeah. That's a very good way of That's putting it. That's a good it. way of putting it. Incredibly unstable wonky. Walk, An uneven gait. An uneven gait. Let's say to the yeah. to the toilet, and he's watching me walk away, and the cameras are obviously on him, and his he just his face just drops, and his reaction downs is, that pipe. Down 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 that pipe. <laughs> gets out of there. I'm asking leave. But when you're making TV show, you can't have anyone on screen who hasn't signed a release form. So yes, I see exactly. that he's left, he's walked out. So I have to run <laughs> after him with normal Did you legs. Did you walk with your normal <laughs> gait? Normal legs. I ran up to him with normal legs and I catch him like halfway across Leicester Square. And I said, look, my name is Dawn. I'm making a TV show called Balls of Steel and you've just been pranked. And then shortly my producers kind of follow out with a form. So anyway, he signed the form, which I thought was amazing. Happy for this to go on TV. And mate, good for him. And then good later him, on yeah. in that show, there's like a studio element to the, to the show. And he turned up to sit in the audience. And I was like, dude. Oh my- you're a terrible person. It makes him look awful. He probably, like, in, in another world, he probably thought that maybe, like, you did have some chemistry or something like I was that. I say, did he ask it? you after the release yeah, form, like, was... can we actually go home no. now? 100%. No, he didn't. So that's disappointing, isn't it? Because we could be married with babies. All right. Well, he's even worse of a person than I thought. It was very funny. It was such a bad show. That was actually the show that got into <laughs> loads of trouble because Olivia Lee squirted water onto Tom Cruise's face on the red carpet. Do you remember that? Wow. And he just, oh my God. He just went... Um, um, he just went nuts. He was freaked out. And the whole show got into... So, luckily, I, that wasn't my my prank. Olivia used to go and do mean things to celebrities. But it, the, the show got absolutely slammed after that. And I don't know if it actually carried on. Yeah, you are putting yourself in like a massive like, vulnerable position. Mm. And like we were watching one of this girl. Oh, God, I feel bad. I forget her name. But mm. she was like pranking a couple. They were coming in for a Bunny pottery. boiler. Bunny, Bunny boiler. boiler. Toilet. A pottery yeah, yeah, class. Yeah. yeah. And she was going for it. And this girl, seriously, at one point, I was like, she's going to knock her out. Yeah, like, this is going to get physical, yeah. you know? Before you did the pranks, and that was just one of mine. I did about five or six other different ones as well. Like the kind of the chat that you had to have yourself. It was just like, if if you yeah. don't see this through at a level of 100%, it, yeah. it would just not be funny and it won't work. And there's no, no way I'm doing this for nothing. So you just, you just kind of the psyching up to just like, go all out or not at all. Of course. Like, th- that's what we wanted to ask. Like, first of all, you're doing it by yourself. Like, yeah. we have each other when we do these sort of things. Like, did yeah. you get really drunk? Did you down a pint before? Yeah. When I was sitting in the bar, I definitely had a drink. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. of course. Most of the things that Shot I've done... Shot a Sambuca, it, let's go. Most of the things I've done <laughs> successfully in my life have followed alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I... I um, it, was, it was so scary. Like, I'd be sitting there, my heart was just racing. I was so scared. I was so scared. But I, I'm one of those people that quite enjoys the feeling of nervousness and what yeah what, yeah. what that makes me do so because you can't tell at all I was saying to Dee as I was watching I was like I cannot take my eye no I you're cannot just... take my eyes off you you are so magnetic you really 
really brilliant are. on screen. No, like, you. you need to get back into it. Yeah, we were just it was like, we need it on our TVs all the time. Like, you're so charismatic and funny That's and so nice. natural. Sexy and yeah, like so sexy. Oh my god, it was that like tousled sort of oh my god yeah naughty sort of hair we need to get because we've got a whole hair section got a whole we hair section yeah we need to put a pin in the hair but we just like honestly we thought we had the whole episode plan and then we found that manchester we were like this is it, this is insane it was do you reckon that could fly in some way in 2020 yeah 2023 i just i i don't know i just think the way that we that was just this kind of little moment of time the last era of being really mm. offensive and now yeah. I mean I would never do that now I think it, I'm you know mm. I don't regret doing it because like I said it was at the time it's fine but you know that that's the kind of thing where you're just, we're so aware of what's hurtful to people totally. and it, yeah. it just yeah. would be so you just wouldn't do it now so I don't know how you could make a show like Balls of Steel now with social media as it's, well it's yeah we i mean far. we sort of like we love that whole like feel to that sort of kind of show like, you know mm-hmm. like street mate and like mm-hmm. we went out the other week and we did like a whole ick thing because we wrote an ick song which it. we saw that you liked dawn thanks all. yeah and uh, the big bubble and um, we went out on the street and we were asking people their icks and like obviously when they say some certain things like we kind of mug them off or whatever but even then we still we felt a little bit nasty but like it's that same we've got a fine line and like really putting yourself out there yeah. and like i don't know yeah it was it's that was a bit scary my thing that i hated most about any tv show that i ever made were vox pops and going out onto the street and approaching people i hated mm. it i had like a really good attitude towards long filming days and like hard work and yeah. doing all that stuff but as soon as it was like dawn you've got to stand on the street and do vox pops i just hated everyone i hated it hated approaching people hated putting cameras and microphones in people's faces when they were not expecting Mm, yeah but um but anyway i just i also think a show like that now wouldn't work because that was a time where now we've got tiktok and loads of people are doing really fun things but we only had tv back then so that was felt a bit more special now i love watching prank stuff on on um on tiktok i love this oh my god i love all that i love all of it did did, did you well i guess you answered it before but like did you have to still back then get consent from every single person yeah Yeah. you had to yeah that was it you can go on tv without that's the other thing when people are viewing stuff and they think that was really mean just remember that that person has agreed to be on tv yeah they've accepted it yeah and that's on the very rare occasion that it is defined as like the, there's a line somewhere with where it's journalism and reporting mm. but yeah um, but not in a show like that so you did that and then we want to go back to the super slim one because like mm. we for women like watching it were like totally intrigued by this and obviously what you put your body through and one of my first things was like I mean, times have changed anyway with the whole like Kardashians and the figures and the desired outcome. And I do feel like it's got way better. But I do feel for your mental health to go into something like that, you must have been really strong within yourself. Like, I don't think my one of my triggers is like my food. And I feel like if I did something like that, like I would like, oh, no, go in a downward spiral. And the cat, I think it would sort of like, yeah. Well, I um, trigger me a lot. I am a huge foodie, so I wasn't really, I wasn't worried about my like ongoing relationship with it. That show, so for anyone who doesn't know, Super Slimmy was where I tried to starve myself down to a size zero to kind of challenge the beauty standards that were out mm-hmm. there. In the, um, and the original show that I got pitched to make was that I would put on loads of weight and almost become an aggressor to the industry and turn up to Fashion Week and just you know be a bit protesty. 
And, do, no, I, and I, I just said, after, I signed up to do it. And then after a while, I was like, that doesn't make any sense because no one wants to be bigger. What I'm supposed to show is the danger of getting of getting smaller and thinner and the pressure that people are under and how, you know, the women who are size zero, um, they might seem aspirational to young girls, but the reality is maybe they're going through something behind the scenes. Now, this is another Danielle. show that would be made yeah. very differently now because one thing I did do in that show, which I regret, is I did skinny shaming for women that were mm, yeah small. I, and I wish I'd handled that slightly more sensitively because ultimately mm. there would have been people that I was talking about who maybe did have an eating disorder that they were battling with and I was kind of totally. blaming yeah. them for yeah it, and mm. it's not and I wish that I I had that I had this thing called a cake of culpability and I was carrying around this cake and trying to give people who I thought were responsible for this um, mm. image a slice just so that, you know, the slices were handled out to the people mm. themselves who were very, um, very thin, which is the part that I regret, but the fashion industry, yeah. the movie industry and the red carpets and all this kind of stuff. And, um, but I loved making the show. It was absolute torture. I, but I yes, think it did by, by seeing me starve myself which is what it took for someone of a normal size to get down to size zero yeah um, it made it very impactful and oh my god yeah. that was my big first big thing that I did and the letters that I received was just oh. unreal however I did also receive letters from people who spend their lives trying to put on weight and who are naturally very thin wow. okay. and they were very yeah. upset with me That's and it was a real so for that to have happened at the beginning of my documentary making made I'm all, welcome all of the negativity because it made me mm. understand how much more balanced I needed to be in the future when talking about wow. stuff like that. But I mean, it was also really fun. And, you know, that was that was me establishing myself in an industry saying, I'm going to talk about hard hitting things and I'm going to make it funny because. That, yeah, yeah. You could, I mean, that's yeah. what I wanted to get to. It was like, it was really cool to see such a serious issue addressed with still a little bit of brevity yeah, and like yeah. humor and personality. And babe, you in that, the last way in, how mis I just said to I that, know. she just looks so miserable. No, no, it's oh like you've God. been like the army or yeah. something. You're literally just like, we're like, she's it's like, like about from boot camp. Absolutely, yeah. She's been in the SAS. Yeah, it was miserable. Oh my God, I ate. And it was, I, there, I, you know, there was the question I remember in press being asked at the time are you going to try and maintain this body? And I was like, uh, yeah. it's hard for me to talk right now because my face is so yeah. full of food. It's aching. I can't yeah. stop yeah. eating. I was like, yeah. the, it, <laughs> it just, I had no desire for that to be my lifestyle, which was yeah. um, back to your original question about how I kept, it was, it was good to know that I, um, I'm not willing to go there. Yeah. yeah. Like, I didn't like, feel any guilt because I know like so many times it can be psychological like, you've deprived yourself like so much and then you're like actually that's been like such like a no for so long and now I'm eating like did it bring up like an odd relationship with it that you wasn't there before no, you know. I literally saw myself yeah. as having I can't remember I think I what did I lose 16 pounds or 18 but I can't remember what it was yeah. but yeah. I literally saw it as I've just got that to play with yeah oh my god it's been mental I can just put that back on however the hell I wow. want and it was really fun and uh no I came out of the whole thing feeling you know I'm a very normal woman in terms of um I think about my body a lot. I don't mm. want to be bigger. And I, and I, um, you know, and my, my maintenance of staying the size that I am is very, is really a part of my life. And, um, yeah. yeah. And it was just very nice to know that I was happy where I sit naturally. Yeah. I love yeah. That. Love it was that. reaffirming, if anything, yeah. of where you were before, you know, you started that that was okay. And I guess that's the message, isn't it? Mm. Like, no matter what, sort of size you are as long as you feel that yeah kind of like I'm okay yeah. this is yeah, okay totally that's that's what you kind of like 
can only hope for as a woman. Oh my God, well, you really, just be well, you okay. really weigh up. You know, I realise there'll be talking, people listening to this who possibly have an eating disorder and that's a very different mm. scenario. That's something mm. that's something that's incredibly personal to them and different from what I'm talking about. But I, um, I really weighed up what was important and I thought for me to be that thin takes everything about the life that I love away away yeah yeah and so when you when you when you've experienced it and you put the weight back on you really realize what's important to you and me for me going out yeah. and drinking wine and sucking chicken wings with my friends is oh, what's no. oh yeah yeah having a you know spaghetti bolognese on goalie with a big bottle of red wine as I say glass but let's face yeah. it there's a bottle bottle Definitely um, a bottle. And you, yeah. yeah, and one of the questions that actually was, it's interesting you said that was, would you have done it the other way around, like putting on weight? Yeah. But, but you didn't want to do that. I just didn't no. think you proved a point. And I didn't, no. and yeah. I didn't, like I said, I'm a normal one. I don't want to. I don't want to put on weight. No. I, it's already, no, you know, no, no. I already have to do a certain amount of things to stay, you know, the size that I am. So, um, but I did also, it was my first big TV job. So I did sign up to it that I was going to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was really glad when it went the other way. I thought that was better. You're just so, so good at it and so open and honest. And <laughs> yeah. it's such an inspiration like to us because I guess what we're trying to do as well, you know, moving forward is like open ourselves up a bit more. Yeah, I know. Especially we like with the, the Manchester thing. I was like, mm. I want to go out there and like go on these like dates with men or like yeah. you know, <laughs> that sort of style of that sort of TV. Yeah. That's amazing. Like well, we want to be doing all that kind of stuff. I was actually yeah. thinking about you, you guys should absolutely have a TV show because you're so funny and you're so gorgeous and clever and all of the things and brave. Like you could oh, do something yeah. along those lines, but where one of you, I'm not, we're not, you know, we moved on from the weight thing, but then one of you does yeah. the one experiment and the other one does the mm, other experiment. Yeah, totally. I can't tell you how inspiring you are. Oh, no, we our like afternoon watching it. your videos we like, has been. Right. We were obsessed with this whole thing. Yeah. If you were going to do a TV show now yeah. and go back into presenting, yeah. what kind of thing would you want to do? You did, obviously, you did a documentary on polygamy yeah. and. You, it, you've done some other sort of like BBC documentaries, mm. right? Haven't you? Would mm. you do more something more fun or? I mean, I've got to be totally honest. I've had absolutely no interest on being in, on TV ever again. I really feel mm. like I, I did all that. I write now full time. I'm a mum. I um, yeah. The problem with making those kind of shows are just the hours and the location. I don't want to be away from my kids. I, I've got this kind no. of great life where I work full time. I'm really, really busy. I'm really productive, and I'm home for my kids all the time and I I like yeah, that and I'm 43 gorgeous. 15 years ago I didn't feel that way 10 years ago before I had my kids I didn't feel that way but now what TV would be is just so disruptive to the life yeah that I love and yeah, you know Chris totally. is an actor so he goes away for a few months on uh, yeah at a time mm. coming back every second weekend I can't we can't both be doing that so it's no loss yeah. to me it's no loss to me not to be doing it but you know if we ever move it's a loss to us it's a loss to us we're devastated <laughs> we're really upset I think what everybody who's ever on tv has one thing that they would do and I would do I would I would consider something that was studio based where I wasn't like away right. all the time but um totally. yeah. not really it's not it's not where I'm heading I'm so glad I did it though and honestly like so yeah. few people talk about it anymore so it's just so nice that you like brought that up because it was Ugh. what a thing what a time this it's is brilliant great. whenever we go in now onto the into the field on the streets I'm just yeah. gonna be thinking channeling dawn, dawn, but dawn, it's, dawn it's dawn dawn porter we've got we like it's dawn porter and, dawn and then there's dawn porter. and it's also dawn without a friend yeah we will yeah Terrifying. This was pre-fringe. Pre-fringe, Dawn. I was having a breakdown. 
Is it time to We've address got so many questions about oh, fringe? So many fringe questions. But we just got back from Fringe Festival, actually. Yeah, and it's a fringe. And about fringe. Yes. Fringe, fringe, Well, you saw fringing. my husband, and I was so we jealous. <laughs> we ran after it. We were like, Chris, where's Dawn? I was like, Dawn? Chris is there. Maybe Dawn's around. And we were like, Chris, where's Dawn? He's like, oh my God, can I take a photo? Can I take a send photo? Send it to Dawn. <laughs> we need that photo. Oh, we wait, do. no, I'll yeah. get it. I'll send it to you. So good. Send it yeah. to us. That was such a great night. But yeah. And then we ended up in Buddy Spang. And then Bloody Spang. But if you you know Spang, have you been to the the fringe before and in Spang? I can't remember. I used to go every year, so I'm sure I've ended up in Spang. But I oh don't my god, remember. going like, around the just... Edinburgh Fringe Festival with Chris O'Dowd was probably one of the He's like worst god. Everyone just like can't believe it. Everyone can't believe their eyes. I know. It's like, and then obviously he's the... so tall. I know he's real tall. It was a surreal, surreal night. It was fabulous. Fun. That's so good. But we missed you. You were like, oh, back to the most important here. fringe. Yeah, fringe. The biggest fringe. Yeah, always looks amazing. Oh, my God. What okay. was the decision? Right, so you didn't have the fringe. Then you were like, we need the fringe. What was, was the year, the month, the time, yeah. the mental stage? I can do this. I can do this with days and hours, by the way. I bet. So this Brilliant. haircut that you see now, the bob with the fringe, is was my Gorgeous. haircut throughout my entire childhood until mm. I was about <laughs> 12. Then I wanted to grow it, but I kept the fringe and I wanted long hair because at school I wanted the ponytail that swished from side to side. Oh, love it. God. It's such a power move, isn't it? Yeah. Mine, mine never swished. My hair never worked long. It's like got low. It, when it's short, it seems to have this great shape. When it's long, it's just scraggly and droopy. Right, right. It never worked. Yeah. And, then I, and then I got the fringe and the bob back for a bit and then I made it onto TV and I thought I need to do something different and I looked at, this is, this is the, see, I looked at other women on TV. I thought, I needed more like girl hair, girl yeah. hair. And so mm. I, I dropped the fringe for the first few years of my TV career and in a lot of my um, BBC docs as well, there was no fringe. And then it's almost like I looked back at the footage and I was like, no, no, this is not me. Right. This isn't right. It's missing so, a fringe. Yeah. Yeah. So I cut the fringe back <laughs> for my second load of TV stuff that I did with Channel 4 and that's it. I'd never, ever lose it. I love it so much. It's like, oh. I never have to get Botox in my forehead because no one can I, Well, that. yeah. I said that. It's going to save so much money. Honestly, you know, what a hack. Money. What a hack. Oh I God, know. you really suit it. Do you remember when I had a fringe? Oh, oh holy fuck. Not oh. like about that one. Honestly, like I, this is, your hair is probably like what I would like dream of having. Mm. Instead, mine, look, I look like Jacob from Twilight. Right. Do you know the yes. werewolf? Yeah. Yeah, true. it was very much like, yeah, you always have really long <laughs> hair with like a fringe and then really long full sails and really long full eyelashes. Yeah, I, mean, I also looked really about something. 50 years old. Like I'm the only person to get older and start to look younger once yeah. I take everything off but any right. anyway i honestly i'm so jealous of it but the, the, so it's, it's the kind of many questions what shampoo do you use yeah. what shampoo i it, whatever i i like use anything oh, from right. pantene to moroccan oil nothing fancy i change fancy. it all the time i um, so glossy though yeah glossy. i love I, I actually what well, i just went so i'm not really gray i've got a few gray hairs and usually i go to the hairdresser and he just paints yeah. the gray hairs because it's not worth dyeing my oh. hair yet but yeah, see, no, no. over the course of the summer this year, it was so sunny in London, my hair went really light. And so oh. it grew and I had, it looked like I dyed my hair. I had like where it had oh. grown out. So I went to the hairdressers on Friday and I was telling him this and I think, I think because you're going on your book tour and there's going to be loads of photos, maybe we just need to yeah. dye your hair. So I right. dyed it. I had it dyed for the first time on Friday and it's so dark and I don't love it because 
my natural hair has like kind of auburny natural highlights and now it's just yeah, turns dark through. so I'm gonna yeah. let it's just a semi-permanent so I'm gonna let that grow it out. will wash but out Marty, we'll get in that LA sunshine oh, so yeah. get in that sun yeah so that, yeah. Was just, that was just a bit of so I'm having a bit of a, I quite like it he did a really good bob oh. and so it's all quite nice and it looks the cut's gorgeous yeah, it yeah great, great cut. But it's just a bit darker than usual but that's okay that will last but yeah it'll fade out but I love getting my hair cut but I'm also even though my hair looks like it's like my thing I'm crap at it like I, I go <laughs> once every six months to get a haircut for a haircut like this you should go oh, every yeah. three months really I'm not very high maintenance person at all in some like I'm the kind of person who gets up every morning and does full makeup and bouffons my hair into a bob and then puts yeah. on something even if all I'm doing that day is the school run but oh, I'm love very that. good at my yeah. upkeep like I paint my nails myself and it's always terrible I'm awful with my nails yeah I should but get we were obsessed with straightener gate babe yeah the straighteners these specific straighteners that like you can't make t- head to tail like what they were it's so weird because so I knew exactly what you meant because I've got the same GHD straightener that I've had since high school yeah and it's a really thick, thick one. weird yeah. wide one and I can't use anything out and I was so amazed that the ones that you're obsessed with are Australian can I just tell you because the plot thing and it keeps going oh, so, oh my god go on so I was given 15 years ago when I moved to LA a friend of mine gave me a hair, pair of hair, hair straighteners and they are the hair straighteners that bob my fringe under perfectly everything else yep. just seems to give it a wedge they're so yeah. tatty there's no name left on them it was and I was like they yeah. just stopped working so I yeah. say on Instagram who knows what these straighteners are because I need to find someone a few came up and I was like oh that could be them that could be them it mm. wasn't and then someone said it's these they're these Vida Sassoon ones and you can only mm. get them in Australia that this is just madness anyway I look at them and I'm like that's it that's them but guess who lives in Australia my best friend in the whole world and I call wow. I call her and I'm like Lou now I understand why you moved to Australia so she gets them she wraps them up she sends them to me they arrive I open the box and they don't work <gasps> at all oh. this happened two days ago you turn them on and then the, the button that you press to turn up the um heat just turns them off and I'm like I haven't had the heart to tell her that they're faulty I'm gonna have to find out now and for everyone listening to this this who has no idea what we're talking about Dawn lost her beloved hair straightener in a baggage debacle can only be called and it was all about tracking down the straightener and I was gonna say I didn't know that your best friend was in Australia but I am going there in December to visit my family if there's any Vidal Sassooning that you need well, done. Well, you found the original straighteners, right? They, found, they came back in the baggage. I found oh. them and then they weren't working. They stopped working. It's like whatever oh, happened no. to them in baggage reclaim just broke them. <gasps> so that's so it's just been a, a constant debacle. So well, what are you so what are you using now? I am currently having to make do with a pair that I can't remember the brand and they they give me they give me a shelf. They give me they a look like, really yeah, good. I'm like, this no, is the, it looks this really is very you anything different. Mm, so like really it's all fine. Doing. You're definitely concealing the problem. Okay, yeah. But I know you mean I've I've got um these hair curlers and there is a certain amount of thickness. Yeah. And like I only do like literally curl my hair like three little pieces and like they're falling apart, they're babbleless, and yeah. my old makeup artist got them for me. And like I nearly lost them. And I was having a nervous breakdown. I was like, my hair will never be the same never again. Never the same again. But it Terrible. just you get used to it. It's when they discontinue your favorite thing. You're like Terrible. Terrible. Very I know. Personally. Horrible. Anything to do with beauty when it's like a discontinued. Yeah. No, it's horrible. It's, it's really. It's really there are a few stop. things in life that make you feel safe, and and there are you know, and you have to hang on to them. And one of them is it's like when your beautician like 
leaves town, oh moves somewhere oh, else, and yeah. lives their life. And God, you're like, why we need it? No. <laughs> Have you ever been asked to do a shampoo advert? I did a campaign for um, Head and Shoulders once, which I genuinely <gasps> yeah. use every right. now and then because it's really it is it's really, really good. good. And yeah. my boyfriend uses that. I feel like it's a very man. <laughs> yeah. love he's got no hair shoulders. on his head. Yeah, he does. Them. I don't know why he's There's got it. There's just a bottle of it in everyone's shower, and I use it like once. Really and, and I was yeah. so flattered about it. I was like, great, if this ends up being a thing, <laughs> I can like be the face of Head and Shoulders and do the TV adverts because you know that's loads of money and it's really great. Yeah, and, um, fabulous. And they just kept me for this really small online campaign, and then just booked Claudia, Claudia Winkerman to do all the TV stuff. They've written down. Oh, this is our last question Claudia about Winkerman. the fringe. Never had a fringe. Oh. Have you met? Have you met? Did you nod at each other in fringe recognition? We've, and who won best fringe? Yeah, I feel like we've got quite different fringes if you look closely. Mm. Hers is quite like long and flat. flat. She likes that. Yeah, mine, mine is bobbed up. But we have discussed our yeah. fringes. I also yeah. suggested yeah. to Emma Freud that we should do a comic relief fringe off with Dawn French, me, Claudia, Emma Freud, and there was somebody else as well. And I wow. sent this really excited email to all of them <laughs> saying, guys, fringe I've off. got an idea for comic relief. And just no one replied. No one, no one replied. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. No, we need to make that happen. Petition to make that happen. We'll do a one-woman show. Millions. Yeah. I mean, I really like yours. Claudia Winkleman, I mean, great hair, great book. You look such you can't see anything. I know. Uh, I was like, hair eyes. is all in front of And she fringe. does the cold eyes as well. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, quite similar. But you've yeah. yeah. similar vibes, totally. Yeah, we've sexy, got a lot to talk sexy. about when we see each other. Oh, my God, I bet. I, I just like think there's, there's a community of women who know. <gasps> now. Right, I feel better now. that. We just had so many, like, fringe questions. No. So, right. Mm. And now we're going to ask, so, okay, woman has many talents. Many, One many of them talents. is that you're an author. Yeah. Yes, yay. Amazing. Congratulations on the new book. Can't new book out on the 27th of October. 27th. Yeah. 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 Uh, are you, how are you feeling? Are you excited? Do you get quite nervous? Do you, how do you feel when you're just about to launch your work? Yeah. When you are only a writer, which I am now really, that's my main job. It is really scary mm. before a book comes out because there's, you know, you, it, it isn't this, Cutthroat, but it feels it that if people don't love this book, will they want to read your next one? And so yeah. I get there's that anxiety that I've got coming up. But I I absolutely love this book, Cat Lady. I, it's quite different from everything I've written before, and I think that um, I think I might lose a few readers who might just okay. think it's a bit too weird and too much for them. But I think I'll gain a new type of reader, which is I think Fabulous. at 43. And after my, I think it was my eighth book, that feels like the right thing. That it's, It feels like a progression and kind of moving forward. What kind of people do you think you'll get? Yeah. Maybe a slightly older, slightly more serious reader. Um, okay. Well, only only that I think, um, I think what I, what I will gain is people who never read my books before because they can't disassociate me with Dawn off the telly, which is quite right. silly and frivolous. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the book that might some of those people might be like, okay, fair enough. She can, you know, actually she can really write. Right. God, she's serious. Eight serious books, Dawn. author. Eight books. I know. That's crazy. How the hell do you come up with ideas? Yeah. Like where does where's the inspo? Is it your friends? Because it's mostly it, women you, you write yeah, about, right? Yeah. So it's so Mark is it the the women in your life that inspire you or where does it come? I mean, it can come from anywhere. So so lucky, my last book, my friend. There was two friends that really inspired that book. One of them 
is so the book is about uh, uh, three women. One of them is called Ruby, and she has thick body hair from the top, from her neck down to her toes. She's got wow. um, polycystic ovary syndrome, and the um, yes. the symptom of for her is just thick body hair. I have that, and I get very well, big chin. She's hair. always well, picking hair off. So so, yeah, yeah, it's very. And my vagina hair is very coarse. Ooh. It's like a wizard's beard, Don. Wow. It's so thick. So I get, I couldn't understand this yeah. situation. Yeah, Ruby. Yeah. So it, and I, um, I got this idea from my friend Clara, who ended up being on my podcast talking about it. She's very open about it, but who had that condition. And for her wedding present, her husband bought her full body lasering. But um, she was thick right. hair, thick, thick, thick hair. And so as I was writing Ruby and kind of this character that I didn't think people would believe, she was entirely based on someone real and wow. actually, actually, wow. absolutely has that. Um, that condition and so wow lots of things are inspired in that kind of way another friend mm-hmm. of mine just said to me one day um she's got a, a daughter who's around the same age as my eldest art and she just said uh, she was talking of her daughter's independence and just said oh you know she moved out the day she was born which I thought was the most genius wow. thing to say <gasps> love that oh. I, that's the first line of so lucky and so you can these wow. people say things to me or or they'll talk about something they've experienced and that will mm. absolutely be how a character begins and how it's put together but I just thought my kid moved out the day she was born was fucking brilliant and I've always that's been brilliant. very careful not to claim credit for that line because I was it came so do you squirrel yeah. away in a notebook or on your notes app yeah ideas yeah. and like little one-liners because I do that with lyric yeah I yeah. hear something and I'll just be like fuck that you have old. to write it down immediately and I'll the write other it day, down yeah the other yeah. day I had I know I had I was lying in bed and this idea came into my head and I was like that's it for the next book that's it and I didn't write it down and I can't fucking remember what I was oh, thinking. oh I'm fuming when that happens I do that in the night I wake up I'm like and eh, sing a melody into my phone or the other night we were at friends for dinner I was absolutely hammered I was like <laughs> I've just, I've and just written a hit I just you know, can't remember it well, no, I've always noted it. It's definitely not here. It's fucking shit. Oh, the, the drunken voice notes are my favourite. But because Chris is also a writer, uh, we'll, got, we'll, yeah. we'll sometimes be out for dinner with each other and then one of us will just be like, can you just shut up? And just have to write yeah, something down. And our friend. Shut and up. We can be very understanding of those moments. But sometimes you're just with people that would just find you very rude if you did it. And that's such a yep. frustrating yeah. thing. No. But no, I always have a notepad with me. I use my notes yep. in my phone. Yep. And I have like a Word document on my computer that... Um, I just fill and fill and fill and fill and fill for months. And then when I sit down, start the new book, I'll just read it all through and see what's Oh, what's and worth piece it, it together. Yeah. So you're already on to the next project now. I mean, yeah. obviously, when did you finish this book that is coming out? Yeah. When did you finish Cat Lady? So I started writing it in January of this year and I finished it. Like final, final edits were probably wow. done around July. Oh, so quick. I thought you were going to say like five years it took. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. No, I usually give myself around four months to write a book. Wow. That can be all I'm doing during that time. So I don't, and I literally, I literally have a panic attack if someone sends me an email that I have to reply oh, to. No. And like, I bet I we get, were I pissing get, you like, well off trying to get her on a podcast. We mean her on a podcast. Writing a fucking book, please. <laughs> Just leave me alone <laughs> but I do yeah. that's why so you know that's I have to oh I just have to put things on hold I love doing all sorts yeah, of things but totally. it just has to wait till the books are done because everything is a distraction especially also you know I've got two kids and I'm mm. trying to make sure that when I'm with them I'm not working yeah. so if I'm to do writing as a nine-to-five job everything else has to wait has that's to serious discipline oh, I wrote amazing. a pilot for a tv show and it took me two years to get to that boy because I kept starting and then stopping like that shit that's too busy going well, to Shoreditch house babe that's babe, yeah why. I was trying to get drunk I would have been exactly the same it's make you force you into a schedule yeah. and I used to yeah. before I had them I was you know writing until 
midnight getting up at seven writing and then just and it would take me ages to write everything but I would you know I would do it all all I, my favorite time to write was seven until 10 in the morning which are times that you just lose completely when you have children. you lose that well people and say I, the kids really like give you the perspective of what's really important so when you're not with when you're not working you just want to be fully present with the yeah kids. that makes exactly. you more efficient with your time almost because you, you don't, don't want to be like messing about yeah do you have any like things that you do like you know when you're <laughs> writing like obviously you've got kids who's a bit just even you know like have a cigarette like a candle Looking out onto the LA or yeah, yeah or have a chai tea. Yeah. I actually find it really difficult to listen. So if I listen to any music, it's like meditation music, just because right. I just need to not hear it. Otherwise, I I'm like you guys. I would stand up and just start singing. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, things that I like to do. I mean, nothing. A few of them aren't legal where you are, so I won't bother. But you and then um, with writing, I sit there and stare at a blank page and get so stressed. And then if anyone texts me, then they just get the most dramatic response of, "I fucked it this time. This is the career that this is the book that's going to end my career. I can't do it. Why do I do this? I hate it. I hate it. I hate it." And then so that will be on a bad day. And then I suddenly have a good day, and they'll ask me how I am, and I'm like, "Great." I think it's going to be great. Why are you being so dramatic about it? Yeah. yeah. Going there is nothing more beneficial to a writer than going for a walk. I swear. Oh, yeah. yeah. Clearing that head. Yeah. You, you, whatever it is, whether it's an article or anything, you sit at your computer and it will not come to you. And the second you step away yeah, and amazing. Really, like, okay. go for a proper walk, it will just hit you halfway around the park. Isn't it amazing how sometimes when you take your hands off the wheel, the car just drives itself? God, that's beautiful. Oh, wow. Well, have you ever done that? They're like gone to like being like, I'm going to Paris to write the next <laughs> novel and done that. Yes. And now I'm trying to think I've definitely. Yes. Like, oh, it. no, I'll tell you where I went once. We, we, um, Chris was filming something. We we had our first baby, Art. So this is about seven years ago. And he would have been... Great names for children, oh, by the way. Art, that time. My God, so cool, so cool. So we were up... He was filming in upstate New York. And Art was probably a few months old, probably about five months. And my friend, Neil Gaiman, the author, mm, amazing. Um, lives, lives in Woodstock, in upstate New oh, York, oh, and great. he said in like a haunted stay. house or something. Neil Gaiman <laughs> had this amazing house up in Woodstock, which was like you know where Bob Dylan and and people stayed when the festival was on. Great, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful, spooky cottage in the middle of the woods, and he has a um a little writing hut with no internet access, but it's where Neil writes. And so I wrote a chunk of the cows in Neil Gaiman's writing hut in the wow, middle of the woods in Woodstock, so cool. which was one of the coolest things because I had a baby and it was really difficult for me to like focus on the the cows was the book that I wrote when I first had my first baby and that process yeah, was, yeah. was very stressful but yeah. um but then Chris wasn't you know when Chris wasn't filming and he could be with the kid I um I sat in Neil's writing out and I just felt like this is the ultimate author experience oh that's like yeah. author porn yeah that's yeah. book porn because it was Woodstock I packed like all loads of really good like wintry 70s denim with brilliant kind of um, fur trimmed coats and all my best wintry vintage even though I didn't know anybody or see anybody and I just looked <laughs> fucking awesome and bashed out a novel <laughs> 
I can see you in that hut. Oh my god, it's fucking it was like that, fabulous. With that, the denim. Yeah, yeah just being like, this cool. is just fucking cool. Oh, love that. What a vision. We are not that cool when we write our KD songs. Babe, no, we're more just like, I'm just gosh. Dick T. Mick and Arson. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a shell so of a proud woman. Of you girls. Honestly, you're my favorite songwriters. Dick and Arson, Mick and Oz. I, that was stuck in my head so much. I knew every word of the whole song. And then I walk into the playroom one day and my five year old is just going, Dick and Arson, Mick and <laughs> it's just so good oh, it's i love that it's almost like a hymn and yeah, when we did our yeah. live shows last year in london we actually closed the show a totally out of context song yeah. where we just said please oh, rise bye. for the national anthem of diana vickers oh, yeah so hand on a heart spotlight everyone loved it yeah. it's a deep cut it's definitely not one that people like immediately like I know that you love no, it, but that. it's like it's a it's a real like album like fan fave. <laughs> We're gonna go in the studio, record some songs. We might just do it to you, babe. Might Dick and Awesome I as a B side. I, I just it's the final Anos that I love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we love it. We love it, love it, love oh it. Oh, my God. Right, well, we've got a little cat lady question. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, to promote your new book, cat we lady. thought cat. And also, you love cats. Are you more cat, of a cat, cat person cat. or a dog person? Yeah, go I'm on. definitely a cat person, but I love all animals. Okay. I would choose cats. I just would. Yeah. It's your yeah. first love. Yeah. Me too. I love a cat. I'd rather be dead than have a cat. I'm not going to lie. It's just, I'm sorry. I do love animals. I do love animals. I'd be dead. But cat, <laughs> cats, I didn't grow up with them. And I feel like you might need to have early experiences with cats in order to fully understand like how to be around yes. them. I remember I was cat sitting, ironically, for one of my friends. And before we left the house, I walked into the kitchen and I saw the cat and I didn't know that he could hear me and he heard me just go hello cat and he just <laughs> walk out of the room <laughs> you need to write a song about this with a dog I would have sort of run up to it and been like hi you <laughs> can't do that to a cat though I feel like Pete the cat's got a really bad rep but it was just sort of staring at me like what are you doing in my house that's what I like about them though they're just like more together and like they do very like funny old person yeah that's gonna be a bit yeah. stupid yeah. yeah, they're all great, <laughs> but say. no, I love cats. But I do think some people are just, they don't know how to touch a cat. And for that reason, they yeah. feel a bit scared of the claws. I don't know how to interact that. with them. And they can be very erratic with those claws as well. You yeah, just don't know which can. way they're coming. To be fair, like if you do touch his belly, like sometimes, like they can just go like, fucking mental, fucking all yeah. those things. Yeah. Can't really hate it. Yeah. yeah. But then dogs eat that, all the dogs poop. Anyway, but, anyway, some fun cat related questions. What percentage <laughs> of a cat's life does it spend sleeping? It's something like 80%. <gasps> Almost. So close. So close. 70% of their wow. lives. Yeah. They are sleeping. What? what a dream. I feel like yeah. I do. No, I wish. Apparently, they spend a third of their life grooming, a third of their life sleeping, and a third of their life avoiding me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello, cat. Who invented. Dawn O'Porter, the cat door. Was it Albert Einstein or Isaac Newton? Did one of them seriously invent the cat door? Yeah. Seriously. Well, oh, according okay. to Wikipedia, so who knows? But yeah, according to the internet, yes. <laughs> I'm going to go with Einstein. <gasps> no, it was Isaac Newton. Wow. He was a of professor at Cambridge and he was got so annoyed at the cats, apparently. Grinding on the door. Grinding on the door that he just fucking cut a hole. Cut yeah. a of one hole for the mum cat and one hole for the baby and cat. And apparently they're still there at yeah. Cambridge. Wow. You can go wow. and see the holes. That Which is, is the fucking best cat cool. Fact. He's I a good that. cat fact, isn't it? Yeah, really it's good. true. I hope we haven't just spouted absolute. No, well, yeah, well, you were the one that found that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. Um, last question. <laughs> what is the oldest cat in the world? What age did it reach to? My son is obsessed 
with cats. Oh. And I looked this up the other day. 38. 38. Well done. We'll edit it. We'll edit it. Like, I know. We're going to make you right. 38. And the best thing is it was called Cream, cream Puff, Puff in cream Texas. Puff pastry. In Texas. Oh, maybe. My new dog that I just that I just adopted was called Cotton Puff when I adopted her. And now she's called Puffin. So it's a Puffin sign. is Whatever an amazing is. name. Okay. So should we move into our final segment? Sure. Don't take up too much of your time. So we have a final segment of the show. So I feel like you're going to really love this one. Yeah. So you're going to be good at it. I feel like it's right up the street, babe. So w- this is the part of the show where we like to get some things off our chest. Yeah. With our therapy, basically. Or yeah. We are secretly nasty pieces of work. Yeah. So this is good where we can just be nasty pieces of work. And, right. and so we invite you to tell us what's pissing you off. And to get us really in the mood, we're going to play, play the track. Song. Everything's pissing me off. So you can, so maybe you'll just like bring to mind some yeah. things that piss you off. Yeah. Okay, great. Right, you're pissing me off. Shut up. Fuck off. Yo. People's babies on my Instagram. You're pissing me off. Weird men yelling out from a white van. You're pissing me off. Foxes having sex in the night time. Oh, you're pissing me off. People who clap when the plane lands. Yeah, everything pisses me off. You were going to write a verse? Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, go on. Yeah, just get off your chest. The thing that's been really annoying me recently is um, bitching. People mm. opening a conversation <gasps> with me. It's just for some reason it's happening a lot recently and I'm really noticing it. And listen, I'm no fucking angel. I love a gossip, but yeah. this has really been annoying me. When people st- come up to me and they start a conversation with me and they start it with being bitchy about somebody else and put Ooh, me in that. the position of either needing to be rude to them and say, I don't mm. want to do that or bitching about somebody. And I've just, there's two or three people that have been doing that in my life with me recently and mm. it's been really mm. pissing me off. I'm like, you want to be a bitch about this person i don't right and i don't like it when people start a conversation with oh, what about it's not her? a good opener her? is it, and is it when it. they're bitching is it because like that person has done something to piss them off or do you think it's like a completely unnecessary bitching i think it's unnecessary bitching it's it's almost the way that i view it is it's lazy conversation starting mm. oh that's such a good way to I put it small minds talk about people yeah someone's <laughs> feeling insecure and so rather than talk about themselves or anything other they just want to put somebody else down and you know yeah. i'm talking about women in their 40s doing this with me i am just not here Get for a it. Lot. not here for it yeah babe is it worse can in i just LA. ask because yeah because i just you said that and i was like is it because you're in la right now yeah. do you find it a little bit worse there or do you think the brits are just as bad yeah i think everyone's just as bad i think i think everyone's modern nasty. media and it, it all just makes everyone very gossipy yeah and one I... thing that i have one thing that i have deliberately got better at in my life is not bitching about people and that's not to say that that's that's not to say that I don't talk about people I do Mm. um Mm. but but when when it's kind of just aimless bitching I really try and hold back and so when people put me in the position of just opening a chat with it it just really upsets me so I had to say to one friend the other day I um I'm not going to do this with you. Wow. I said, I'm really sorry. I don't, I, don't, I don't have a problem with this person, so I'm not going to join in this chat just to make you feel better wow. that we've put all this horrible stuff out there into the that's world. That's amazing. That's Good great. boundary. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're off bitching, and about, they're you bitching about you right now. Right now. <laughs> well, and that's, do you know, that's what I said. And what I've noticed is we know when you have a group WhatsApp group, yeah. Yeah. And, and then someone starts a spin-off group, 
to bitch Ooh. about something that's going on. And so I yeah. actually I actually stopped one of those not very long ago as well. Someone did that with me. And, you know, we've got a big WhatsApp group going and someone spun off and go, what the fuck, what the fuck? <gasps> and and I just said, I don't want to do this because it just makes me paranoid that you're all doing that about the things that I exactly. say. Yeah, exactly. Because you know that if they're yeah. talking about other people, they're definitely talking about you. I know. Yes. I, don't, someone, I was out with my friend the other night and um, someone, like, like someone walked in and, again, someone made a bitchy call about that person. And I looked at my friend and I was like, God, I'd love to freaking know what people say about me oh, when I walk into my bloody room. Like, oh, you know what I mean, though? I was like, people can be really freaking vicious. Yeah. But people I'm just are done with about it. me. Yeah. Yeah, but we all know, we all know now, you know, when yeah. I was at school in the 90s, it was such a, I went to an all-girls school, it was always so yeah, bitchy. me too. If you mm. were sick, if you were sick one day, you'd be so scared to go back to school Ex- the next oh day. Yes. That just gave me a pang of anxiety. Horrible. But now, I think we've all seen the damage of bitching. Uh. And, you know, we can't live in a world where women big each other up and you support about, talk about women supporting women and then in your Definitely. tiny circle be an absolute cunt about people. It's just not going to no. work. Too right. So I found myself being, I'm very... Very practically. However, like I said, you know, if you're sitting having a glass of wine with someone, <laughs> someone comes up and you can oh be like, oh, but it's very different from going up to somebody and putting that's them on the so Oh my God, no, like, say what if someone of my mates is like really pissed me off or something or doesn't something that's not okay. Like, mm-hmm. I have no problem like talking about that, but I wouldn't just yeah. be like, oh my God, like, what a dick, or like judging them for like something that they're doing in their life. I'd like to think that, like, I'm like, we've all got our own shit going on. Someone might not agree with what I'm doing it or how I'm doing it. Exactly. But like, just leave people be. Yeah. Oh my God, I. I love that. I like that. Such a good one. Good good morals. Yeah. Anything else you want to throw in there? My dog's just shitting everywhere because they just outside. That's that's pissing me off. Quite substantially at the beginning of this podcast, so probably don't need to go into the depths of that. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's some lovely big big shits. Yeah. Wake up in the morning and just tread in it. Oh, God. That's disgusting. And he pissed you off this week. I did dog sit. That reminded me. I dog sat for my friend on Saturday night, and I love her dog. We're very close, but he fucking pissed on our bed. And he's never done it before. And I was like, what? The fuck, mate? What? What awful. the hell? Have he's? You're not a puppy. No. That really pissed me off. Totally rational. Because how can you get angry at an animal? Yeah, they don't know what yeah, the fuck they're doing. You know, but, and yeah, he looks yeah. so scared because I yelled. I really, I don't yell very often, and I really yelled at Del. Yeah, I love yeah. you, Del. It's horrible. It's horrible. <sighs> but I don't want piss on my sheets, especially when it's not my dog. Different, yeah. different level of exactly. Investment. You don't when it's not your when it's not your pain. I love it. It's not your own. Yeah. What about you, Dee? I don't know what's pissing me off. Really, I think I'm going to be single forever at this point, Dawn. No. Um, How old are you? Thirty-one. Oh God, you got bags of time. Would you bags know any fit single elephant <laughs> bachelors like you could send my way? Just Chris no, up but you know what? They just it, they just come out of nowhere. So I met Chris <sighs> on my third. On my thirtieth birthday. Yeah. Oh, we love that story. We We've story. watched it already. Tell it. Well, there. So I just like thought that was. I've been dating for a year in LA. Like, really, really, what the fuck is going on with these yeah. men in LA? Just feeling so despondent, and then almost just being like, right, I'm taking a vow of celibacy. Celibacy. Not bother. Yeah. And then this person just like walks into your life, and that's the thing about them. You, wow. you know, I. It's really good to be proactive about dating, but I bet you meet your partner. Take your hands off the wheel and the car will drive us. Bloody (laughs) quote. Sick of this quote. It's going to be your, you're going to do a book and it's going to be called that. It is. Yeah, I know. I do think this. Like, I feel like right now I'm like kind of looking for it. And it's always the people that you least expect. Like, my ex was like yeah. stalking me for years <laughs> before, like, he got me. Well, with yeah. Chris, like, he kept Facebooking you, didn't yeah, he? He did was like, go away, little old woman. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do, I do believe it. I do think there's just, um, there's, 
like men can smell desperation and they respond (laughs) really negatively to it and I think once you've decided that you don't give a fuck then suddenly some guy someone six foot something Irishman comes in like as from right now I don't give a flying but you don't and let us see what happens. Take your hands okay? off that wheel, babe. Oh my god! Oh, could chat for, literally could chat for hours. But you're I love you. Our girl crush, and we're obsessed. Love you so much, John. Thank right. you so much for all your support. Thank yeah. you for taking time out of your fucking busy schedule to talk to us. <laughs> all right, should we play you out? Yay! Oh yeah, go on then. She's a real cat lady. She's got a perfect fringe. She's all about some vintage fashion. She's got a funny Irish husband. You're so dowd. You should buy a book for your bookshelf. And always Insanity Group.